0: Welcome to Five Things with Lynn Hirschberg. This is our third season, and today's installment is something very special. In my non podcast life, I am the editor at large at W Magazine. For the last four years at W, we have asked directors to create photographic stories using a cover subject of their choice. Since the inception of this annual project, I have begged and cajoled the amazing Pedro Amadovar to undertake a director's portfolio for W. Sadly, he always politely declined until, until this year. And of course, we were thrilled when he decided to build his story around his favorite muse, Penelope Cruz. The timing was perfect. Almodovar's newest film, Parallel Mothers, had just premiered at the Venice Film Festival, and Penelope Cruz won the Volpi Award for Best Actress. The movie is a fascinating meditation on the power of secrets. Like many of Almodovar's films, it is both a personal story about a woman wrestling with a devastating piece of information and a larger, more global story about the lost dead of Spain, the people that were, quote-unquote, disappeared during Franco's regime. Penelope Cruz was just nominated for an Academy Award for her work in Parallel Mothers. It was announced at 5 a.m., and I literally screamed when I heard her name on the TV. I first met Almodovar nearly 20 years ago, and I've been watching his films even longer. To my mind, he is the greatest writer-director working in movies. No director is bolder, and no director has a more overwhelming love and appreciation of women. Almodovar changed cinema, and through his films, he also changed minds about religion, sexuality, and gender. Almodovar is a one-off, utterly unique, which is why our conversation departed from the usual five-things format. It is much more of a freewheeling chat about his approach to his films and art in general. Almodovar also speaks about his cover story for the W director's issue. I hope you look at Almodovar's gorgeous photos. He took them himself on WMagazine.com or follow W Magazine on Instagram. To help with our conversation today, Carla Marcantonio translated my English into Spanish and vice versa. You will often hear her voice. It gives me great pleasure to introduce the greatest of the greats, Pedro Almodovar. One, two, three, four, five. Questions with Len. Questions with Len. Let's talk about Muses and the nature of Muses and uh, working with Penelope. I
1: mean, when I see the first time Penelope in Jamón*, I knew immediately that that was the, I mean, he, she was the actress. That I want, that I really wanted to, to to work with, because I mean the way she walk, I mean there is something very atypic uh-huh. in in Penelope, very personal, uh-huh. in, in her way of talking, of walking, uh, in general, uh, is an original, uh, an original uh, girl. And fortunately, you know, uh, she, I mean, she, 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 dream of me. She told me, she, she has a dream. Would, that, that I appear and she was like looking for me in the Madhulenian night until the moment that she found me in one bar. And she told me that it was like, like love at first sight, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then when I start working with her in the 1997, and you know, the nature of muses is not only to inspire you, but also give you confidence in yourself. And for that confidence that I feel it with Penelope, for example, and that I also felt with Tilda Swinton, it was because they had a blind faith in me. Even they believe in me more than I I am. And that gives you an an incredible strength. Uh, And because of this blind faith that Penelope has, eh, Penelope, eh, Carla, se atreve a hacer cosas en mis películas que no hace con otros directores.
2: Yeah, she takes the risk of doing things in my movies that she doesn't
1: necessarily do with other directors. Eh, porque, porque ella sabe que yo la estoy vigilando con mil ojos y nunca que caiga en el o haga algo grotesco.
2: And that's because she knows that I'm watching her with a thousand eyes and that I would never, never let her do something that is either ridiculous or
1: grotesque. Y eso nos da una enorme confianza a los dos. And so that gives us a lot of trust and faith. In the portfolio, la moda actual, eh, sin y con mucha And
2: about the portfolio, it really was a way to sort of play with everything that current fashion gives us, and we did it with absolute freedom.
1: I mean, the late motive, it was that, that I call her, and Penelope is coming to my office. Uh, so we can see her in the street. The street is the real street, and the door is a, is the real door. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and supposedly that that I was um, uh, that I told her that uh, I, I, I was writing a new adaptation of the mind of Carmen. Ah. So that's why that's why some of the photos and the outfits uh, has a kind of un, un aire flamenco.
2: Ah. yeah have have sort of a, a flamenco air to them do you remember
0: the first time the Penelope Cruz came to El Diceo?
1: yes 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 uh, we didn't, we we were not at the same place than we are now because now we have an and a whole wheel building of four floors and uh and in that moment it was nineteen ninety six we were in a in a more humble place more i mean really much more underground. And more humble, and uh, I mean, she was very happy. Even even that the character it was short because she was on in uh, on the screen only eight minutes. Uh-huh. But I tell you that it was a very good investment because because of the of the first five eight minutes meaning minutes in in lifeless
0: right uh, many on the bus. Uh,
1: many American dir- and British directors call her because they just absolutely love her. I mean, one of them was, for example, Stephen Friars. Mm. When I, m- I met him in one of these ceremonies that we go, and uh, he told me that after watching Penelope, in that very early sequence of Lifeless, uh, I mean, he called her to offer um, the protagonists of High Low Country, mm-hmm. a western that Penelope did, Mm-hmm. It was not very successful, no. but anyway, it was the, the, the first movie in English as yes, he did. So, uh, and, uh, you know, and I remember that when we were, I mean, uh, when I, when I talk with an actress, uh, and we read, we read the, 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 in <clears throat> the script, like, like in the photos and in my office, um, the first thing is that I, I mean the actress always asked me, in in this case, uh, how do I look? Mm. I mean, tell me how is my, 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 my dress, my, my hair, my makeup, and all that. And I mean she needs she needs always to visual, to visualize herself. And this is what I do uh, with them. And the uh, and the el, el, el personage, uh, Carla, era de extracción social muy baja.
2: And and the character came from a very sort of low class
1: background. Y, y ocurría a final de los años 60. It took place at the end of the 60s. Entonces, toda la ropa que yo busqué era eh, de esa época y de segunda mano, muy usada.
2: They were used mm.
1: Pero por una cualidad física que tiene Penélope, El problema es que ella lo convertía todo en fashion.
2: But because of something that Penelope just emanates, she turned everything into fashion.
1: Well, because, you know, you can imagine it was fashionable of the earliest seventies and late sixties. And she was gorgeous all the time. And I was, I <laughs> said, no, but you, you are a little whore coming from one uh, village. And you, and then we try, But anyway, it was sort of impossible because she was always, very fashionable <laughs> um, uh, character, uh, even with that poor outfits. I remember that
0: you can't you can't dim her light. You can't dim Penelope's light. She's too beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, but, but above above you know with these kind of, of dresses, uh, they were really very very, very like like fashionable. Yeah. Um, it, so so it, it was funny. So this is something that I, that I tried to do uh, in this portfolio. It was just, I mean, just, um, I mean, just looking at her, walking in the street. I mean, being in at the door. Uh, and also in some of the spaces of my own office that they were not especially beautiful. I mean, uh, they were real. I mean, the doors were real. I mean, the tables were real. But in this modo, el vestido que ella se ponía adquiría una mayor importancia, una magnificencia mayor.
2: Y en this way the dresses that she wore sort of
1: took on a particular significance. They almost became like magnificent in a way. And, and, y más, much, mucho más interesantes, porque lo que lo, lo que lo rodeaba era muy real. And it was very interesting because then everything that surrounded her was very real. Y en cualquier caso, en el portafolio, yo he intentado dar una una versión o una visión de, 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 de la imagen de Penélope que es que no se parece en absoluto a su imagen habitual.
2: In. Porque
1: cuando cuando empiezo a vestir a alguna actriz eh, siempre empiezo con cosas que pueden ser muy escandalosas, o sea, empiezo sin ningún prejuicio y con toda libertad.
2: Because when I start to, you know, dress up an actress, no. I always start doing with things that could be even kind of scandalous, uh-huh. uh, because I always do it with absolute liberty.
1: Después voy reduciendo hasta dejarlo en, el, en lo que será la ropa definitiva.
2: And then slowly I, I begin to, to sort of take uh, certain items out until I remain with, the, with a definitive
1: outfit. Entonces, por eso he elegido estos modelos, por ejemplo, de Valenciaga, que son verdaderamente difíciles de llevar incluso, eh, para terminar con una imagen más cercana a Penélope, que es la Penélope italiana, digamos, mm-hmm. la Penélope Sofía Loren, que es en el último, en el último modelo de Dolce y Gabbana.
2: Y Valver. Y con estas Valenciagas, lo que he hecho es... Y son difíciles de llevar. But what I've done is I've given her uh, almost like an Italian look, that Sophia Loren look.
1: That was the Sophia Loren look. It was at the end. At the the end, end. I gave her the the Sophia Loren look.
0: Well, it reminded me a little bit of a different version of her in Volver. You know, that there was that same Italian. And also the the use, you're so brilliant with the color red. And I always think about you with red. Because yeah. it's a very, no, but it's a tricky color because you can, over, it, it makes such a statement that you use red beautifully. And I always think of red as being a color that's not so easy to work with. Because yeah. the minute you introduce red, everything goes red, you know, everything becomes. Yes, <laughs> yes, no, no. <laughs>
1: and you know, and it's, it's also a difficult color to, to, um, uh, de para acompañar de otros colores. Uh, to accompany with other colors right pero eh, porque es un color tan fuerte que absorbe lo que le pongas al lado because it's such a strong color that it just absorbs everything that's near it pero pero por ejemplo es es un color básico en el primer pop en el pop inglés digamos el rojo y el blanco but it's a really
2: basic color if you think about pop like English pop red, red and white are two of the, their basic
1: colors y en cualquier caso en la cultura española representa la pasión El fuego, la sangre, la muerte, representa todo eso.
2: Mm-hmm. And in, in Spanish culture, red, of course, represents passion. It represents fire. It represents blood. It represents death. All of that.
0: And in uh, the human voice, the way you use red on Tilda is so striking, so impressive.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that was incredible. Because, you know, when, when, when I was trying her, uh, that piece of Balenciaga, it was, I mean, you cannot imagine the box. I mean, the big box <laughs> that they send us with the, with the dress. It was something really big. And, um, and, but, but it was, I mean, it was very unreal. I mean, to, I mean, just to put that dress on an actresses, on an actress. But really, um, Tilda is, 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 is that type of girls, uh-huh. of women that, Que puede utilizar cualquier modelo nunca natural
2: and so tilda, you can almost put any kind of dress and outfit in her, and she can wear it well, and not only that, there's a a saying in Spanish that is, and she can defend it, she can defend herself. and she never looks ridiculous, she never looks it, it, she never looks off in them.
1: No, she, she always looks natural. And, uh, you know, and, uh, well, uh, really, I mean, we couldn't use that dress because she cannot sit down. But <laughs> I love it so much. I loved it so much that I invent at the moment a zero sequence where my idea, it was just yes, to to wear, uh, that Tilda could wear two outfits, both Valenciaga, one, this dress, and the other one, it was a big with uh, a black. And then I invented the sequence zero before the titles. So I mean, and in any case, it was also good for the short because that gives you gives you an image of someone which is completely alone uh, in the sound stage and uh, waiting for someone. Uh, so this is what the human voice was about. So at the end, I mean. It was like era un, era un it was. de tener teniendo sentido It
2: was almost like a, a whim of mine, but it, it took on a very good cinematographic sense. It, it was. It was beautiful. It felt very
0: and weirdly because Tilda wears clothes so well. It felt almost like she was born to wear such an enormous dress around her house in a kind of normal way. It was. Uh, you made it, you normalized it on some level. It was fascinating.
1: Yeah. Sí, me ha dicho que con esto normalizo que ella puede llevar este vestido, ¿no? Mm-hmm. En su casa, en su propia casa. En su casa. Sí, sí, sí. Sí, sí. Uh, you know, anyway, in the human voice, I gave myself a lot of freedom. It doesn't mean that I don't give myself that freedom with a long feature. But you have another commitment when you are when you are shooting a long feature. Uh-huh. I mean, there. I mean, you have to be more close to reality. So I could do that, and I could show. Um, I mean, her place, and also, and also, y, y también la espalda de la construcción y mostrar incluso el, la nave donde rodábamos eh, como parte de esa libertad que yo, narrativa que yo me concedía a mí mismo.
2: Yeah and and part of that liberty that I gave myself was sort of showing the background showing the actual uh surroundings uh of the, of the set and showing the dog
1: <laughs> And the dog, and you know, it was very difficult to direct the dog, very difficult.
0: <laughs> that dog looks exactly like my former dog. So I watched that. Yeah, when yeah it, you told me. When it's, on, when it's on the plane, I watch it over and over and over and over and over again. I've probably <laughs> seen it more than any of your other films. And I've seen some of your films 10 times.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: One of the things can... that, one of the things I know, it makes me just cry when I see that dog. One of the things that seemed so, when Penelope left to go do American films, did you feel that you had lost her or did you think she was going to come back?
1: And you know, I mean, I have, I mean, for example, um, yes. naming not only um, Penelope Cruz, but also Antonio Banderas, yes. I have two different feelings uh, facing, facing that. I mean, f- I mean for, with Antonio, then I really felt that I was not abandoned. Because really, I mean, Antonio was perfect for the male character that I was writing at the moment—that mm. crazy, crazy character, so passionate. I mean, I mean, he was that kind of look at someone that you could see desire and passion. So it was, it was. I mean, I felt that I missed something. But Penelope behaved in a completely different way. I mean, Penelope, I mean, went to Hollywood, went to New York. And uh, she made a lot of American movies, but she never forgot Europe and Spain. And she always, I mean, every year she always came back to make an Spanish movie with me or a French movie or an Italian movie. So let's say that Penelope was very aware since the very beginning that she could share, and it was the more intelligent that she could do, she could share both markets mm-hmm. and the... Uh, and
2: that was also quite definitive for her career.
1: Las películas, las películas que hizo en America,
2: because the first movies that she made here in the U.S.
1: All the Pity Horses, eh, Blow, eh, I mean, many of them. Eh, one in Greece, eh, the Captain Mandolin, the Captain something, Captain Mandolin. It was Mandolin. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, big movies. But no one of them worked. No. Uh, so when I, when I found her uh, after uh, All About My Mother, that when I found her in 25, I mean, she sí, 2005, I mean, she was, uh, era una actriz en baja, en in America, o a la baja.
2: En baja, quieres decir como que es que estaba bajando. La estrella. Estaba bajando
1: su prestigio.
2: Yeah, here in the U.S. Uh, some of her prestige was kind of coming down. Yeah, she was working a little bit less in the US.
1: Y fue yeah. justamente, no me quiero tampoco atribuir el valor a mí mismo, pero lo atribuyo a su inteligencia. Fue cuando en 2006 hacemos volver, cuando consigue su primera nominación y cuando la gente vuelve otra vez. A considerarla como una actriz seria.
2: And without you know giving myself too much credit because it also speaks to Penélope's intelligence uh, is that's when in 2006 uh, we do volver and she receives the, no- the nomination and suddenly she comes back with force and, and and begins to garner the attention again.
1: Porque en ese momento yo lo recuerdo perfectamente era una era una actriz que salía mucho en las portadas eh, se le atribuían muchos novios pero las películas no eran buenas.
2: And yeah, during that time period, for example, I remember she was always in magazines. You saw her a lot, right, in photographs and on the, on the front pages. Uh, but it was mostly about her boyfriends, uh, and her <laughs> films weren't doing quite so well.
1: True. So uh, that that was Penelope. Never forget. Uh, I mean, they never forgot me, and uh, never forget that Europe up Spain, and and I think and now I think this is she's in the peak of her of her career and um, this is this is this is why, because she's doing both markets
0: this is a nice segue to talk about your relationship to Spain and the fact that um in parallel mothers, you have, for the first time in a very vivid way, put spanish history uh, an unpleasant chapter in Spanish history in this film. Was that a tough decision? was that something that took you a while to come to and, you know, you end the movie with this, I don't want to give it away because people will see the film, but the end of the film is this incredibly powerful uh, Mm -hmm. visual. It's it's really striking and very emotional. Was that where you began and went backwards or what was the genesis of including sort of this grand story in a very personal story?
1: Esa, esa fue esa fue la idea original de la película
2: yeah that was actually the original uh, idea for the film
1: hablar de la memoria histórica o sea hablar de la verdad histórica a través de un personaje que miente y que oculta su propia verdad
2: so to talk about the truth the historical truth through a character who's lying and is hiding her own truth
1: eh, y en cualquier caso en todas mis películas a mí me me, me, importa, me, me, me Para mí son muy importantes el contexto histórico eh, del lugar donde ocurre la historia, la película, Porque a nivel narrativo y también lo que eso aporta a los personajes.
2: In in all of my films, the the historical context uh, is very important for the stories that I'm telling and for the the world that my characters are inhabiting. Eh, en,
1: en, en en este caso, en este caso. Estoy hablando de, de un problema que a día de hoy todavía no se ha solucionado en España, el de las fosas comunes.
2: Y era
1: un modo también de visibilizar el problema.
2: To the problem. eh,
1: porque eh, parte de la sociedad española, quiero decir, la derecha española, no entiende... Que, que es un problema meramente humano.
2: Because part of Spanish society, particularly the right, uh, doesn't understand that it's it's not a political problem. It's a it's a
1: human problem. Lo que están buscando las víctimas eh, es poder encontrar, o sea, poder enterrar a sus deudos en un lugar digno eh, con su nombre en la lápida y donde llevarle flores y poder rezarle. Es algo meramente humano.
2: Because all all that the relatives are looking for uh, is to be able to take the bodies, put them in a grave, uh, in a marked grave with a name, with a tombstone to which they can bring flowers. It's it's a purely human
1: or humane sort of desire. But anyway, you know, the places, the places in my movies are always very important. I mean, for example, uh, in High Hills, um, Marisa Paredes, which is a diva, uh, come from Mexico after years of, uh, of an incredible, successful exile. And when she comes to, and she arrives to Madrid, um, she decided to be in a basement, which is the opposite of the place for this kind of diva. I mean, the, I mean, the normal thing should be a super, uh, wonderful apartment, but I mean, she made that choice, the, 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 the Basement, porque ella era hija de los porteros de ese edificio. Y ella vivió en eso cuando era una portería. Because
2: uh, the reason that she chooses it is because her parents, or her father, in fact, was a, was a doorman, and that's where she had lived. That's where she had grown up in a situation like that.
1: Entonces, o sea, el, 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 los lugares, las localizaciones, siempre tienen, en mis películas, un sentido dramático Y hablan de los personajes. Puedo seguir poniéndole ejemplos si ella quiere.
2: And so thus the the places in my movies, right, have a a dramatic uh, sense. And in some way they're also informing the characters. And if you'd like, I I can
1: give you more examples. Anyway, 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 I will give you one more example. No, give me many many more examples.
0: I like this. Give me many examples.
1: (laughs) okay. In Pain and Glory, for example, something which is, which looks very extravagant. Uh Uh, And when this family, is living in a cover. Covers, you say? En una cueva. ¿Eh? In a cave. Eh, esa, la, la película en ese momento ocurre en los años 60, principio de los 60, y la familia del protagonista tiene que emigrar.
2: And so that, for example, is because the movie is taking place in the 60s uh, and the family of the protagonist has to emigrate.
1: Eh, y, y cuando llegan a, a, a ese pueblo, Y, y el personaje de Penélope ve que el marido le dice que les ha buscado y se encuentra una cueva para vivir, se le cae el alma al suelo. Y estas cuevas existen todavía, no vive gente, vive muy poca gente, pero eran muy comunes en el Levante en los años 60 y 70.
2: And so these caves still exist. Not a lot of people. There's very few people who live in them. Um, but they were very common in the Levante area in the in
1: the 60s and 70s. Pero a la vez también a mí me proporcionaba un decorado maravilloso para rodar. Para Visto desde los ojos del niño. Era un lugar casi de fantasía. Por lo tanto, también era un lugar muy cinematográfico.
2: But for me, it gave me this, this really wonderful, almost cinematographic space uh, to shoot in because for the little boy, uh, it created almost like a fantasy world, a fantasy universe.
1: I mean, I'm talking about the 80s, for example. Um, I mean, in the 80s, uh, Spain uh, was giving; they, I mean, it became a democracy. And um, and just to, I mean, to shoot in the street in Spain and uh, my my earlier movies. Um, I mean, I was like the, the witness of that big change. Uh, that uh, Madrid experimented, um, uh, and also, so you know, that was—I uh, mean, the, that that movies, even they were underground movies, or pop movies, but they talk about that kind of freedom that uh, the young people were experimented at the moment.
2: Are you talking about the Movida?
1: Sí, que si estás hablando sobre la movida. Sí, 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 estoy hablando de, eso, de ese momento exactamente, sí. Yeah. De ese momento.
0: Was it was it thrilling? Did you feel like totally, you know, because you had been making movies even before that happened.
1: Que como que yo hacía movies. Sí, que, que para
2: ti como cómo fue, que si fue muy muy emocionante porque tú ya ya habías estado haciendo películas antes de ese momento.
1: Sí, pero eran películas underground de subestándar de Super 8 de, de Super 8
2: milímetros
1: que no tenían distribución comercial that no commercial distribution. No, la distribución me la inventaba yo mismo y era en fiestas que resultaban muy divertidas eh, también se puso alguna vez en una filmoteca o en una academia de fotos pero no había un circuito para mostrar películas de Super 8 eran películas secretas porque sí y todas rodadas en el campo para que nadie nos viera porque porque la gente ya estaba atravestida etcétera y nos hubieran llevado a todos a la cárcel
2: So yeah like for example I kind of came up with my own circuit there was no place to distribute these films it mostly happened at parties uh I think on one occasion I did it at a, at a cinematech uh, another time maybe at our, and at our house. But they were also, we had to all do it in secret. We shot them uh, in rural areas because people were already appearing cross-dressed um, and we would have been taken to jail. They would have uh, put
1: us in jail for that. Because I'm talking about the 70s. Wow. Uh, early 70s. And it's
0: not that long ago. That's what's crazy is it's not that long ago. It's really uh, a very short time for you to have made so many inroads in terms of what you were able to do. It's remarkable. I I have to salute you because what you've done with film is incredible in such a a brave way. I mean, it was actually brave to make the kind of movies that you were making. Yeah, I mean,
1: you should do that. I mean, if you are young, you should do that. Uh, Madrid was... um, I mean, we were living under a dictatorship. You you had to take care. But anyway... It was it was a kind of, I mean, when when I arrived to Madrid, it was the, the explosion of the hippie period. Uh-huh. Um, and anyway, even even Spain was under the dictatorship. But anyway, it was a kind of freedom, a secret freedom among the young people, a kind of uh, night leading um, that it was prohibited, of course. Uh, and we were very brave. I mean, I didn't have problem with the, with the any problem with the, with the police, but many of my friends did it. Um, but, um, so, you know, the best thing, so, you know, the best, the best things for the super ultra super eight millimeter movies, it was to do it uh, technically in the country. I mean, in the, in the uh, fuera, uh, out Madrid. And uh, also because we have the light, I mean, it was God give us, gave us the light. And also nobody I mean we were alone and nobody could see us so then we it was very you know reminds me kind of Pasolini's movies uh, bec- because the, the nature was so important and, um, and you know and, but actually it was my only my only school because I never went to a school to to, to I mean yeah I, I'm, what, I, what I learned it was doing this super. Eight millimeter movies. And immediately when I could, in the 79, I start a uh, Pepi that was in 16 millimeters. And it was like, after it was blowing up and it was my debut. I mean, that could be seen in, let's say, commercial uh, venues.
0: So here's my question. They didn't let you make films, but you were able to see Western films, right? So you were like a student of all these Western films. Did, was it difficult to actually see the movies? I know they were dubbed, and that was yes. always that always bothered you. But you know, you had seen so many yes. films that were that influenced you very early.
1: Dice que si era difícil ver películas en ese momento. Exacto, que porque sabe que, que había muchas películas extranjeras. Sí, si, había. You know, there was, for example, you couldn't you, you couldn't see La Dolce Vita. Ah. You couldn't see Viridiana by Buñuel. Ah. Uh, of course, you couldn't see Last Tango in Paris. Uh-huh. Uh, you also, you neither couldn't see the Empire of Sense* of Nagisa, Nagisa Oshima. I mean, you couldn't see this type of movies. But, for, I mean, fortunately for me, existed the Cinematech. Uh-huh. And then, I mean, my really, realmente, mi, mi escuela fue acudir diariamente a la filmoteca, donde pude ver por ciclos Todo lo que era la historia del cine universal.
2: Yeah, so I was just very lucky that I could go to the Cinema and I could and I could attend these cycles of you know world cinema.
1: Um, pude ver todo el cine mudo alemán, el cine expresionista. Yeah, like uh, I, I watched all of uh, German expressionist cinema. Uh, pude ver todo el neorrealismo italiano. Italian uh, neorealism,
2: all of it. Wow. Toda
1: la Nouvelle Vague uh, francesa. The all the
0: Nouvelle um, Vague.
1: Uh, el free cinema English. The uh, English free cinema. Had you seen Warhammer? And also and also the American underground at the moment that they were doing. I mean, I could see Paul Morris's movies at the Cinematech uh, really uh, late 70s. I mean, I could see Flesh, uh, heat, 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 and all that. And even even the others that they were more real. In a visit that I did to London, in London I could see Lonesome Cowboys uh-huh. by Warhol, uh-huh. uh, sleep that it was just um, <laughs> eating <laughs> <laughs> a boy sleeping during seven years, seven hours, and Chelsea girls with Nico and all that wonderful girls. So um, that was in a in a in a trip that I did. It was the the first uh, w- the first moment that I went out in Madrid that I, I I went. Uh, to in the nineteen seventy one, um, uh, to London, and then I could see all of these underground American underground movies that I that I that in Spain I couldn't see. In Spain I could see them. Yeah, the Heat, Trust, and Flesh, uh, and the, and 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 also Pink Flamingo, and and in fact, <laughs> uh, Pepe lucibon was very influenced by 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 Pink flamingo, Divine, and the and Truss. really the,
0: fascinating.
1: Yeah, at the beginning. After I, I had, you know many many influence. I mean the Tron from, from Fellini to Ingmar Verman, across uh, him from many many others.
0: But the thing that you always did from the very beginning that always has impressed me, even with the early films is you always combined a very large idea with a very personal story and you've yeah. always you've always done that in such a seamless way and i think it's one of the hallmarks of your filmmaking and your writing that you take a very personal story and very vivid characters and make yet you pull the camera back in a sense and yeah, show absolutely.
1: the larger
0: yeah. framework of the world i mean i think especially of I mean, all of them, it, it it's that that's true about parallel mothers, for sure. But that education, my God, it's so... Yes,
1: I completely agree with you. And that was my intention since the beginning. I mean, to be very local um, I and mean, just yes, to talk with one story, very personal, but that you could see, you could see, I mean, my country, my culture, and also, and also the world. I mean, I remember, for example, the flower of my secret. The Flower of My Secret, yes, is is that period when Marisa Paredes, that is a writer in crisis, and also is in crisis with her husband, that uh, her husband is a military man that is in Kosovo. A strategist, a war strategist. And he's searching
2: for international peace for the Balkan conflict.
1: La película está in 1995.: And the film takes place in 1995.: Y cualquiera que la pueda ver eh, se podrá informar o recordará que en ese momento había una guerra terrible en Europa, además del problema que tenía Marisa Paredes con su marido, que eso era y me importaba mucho también.
2: And so apart from anybody watching the film right, would, would understand that apart from whatever problems Marisa Paredes's character has, uh, there is a war raging uh, in Europe at the time.
1: You know, I was very hooked by the problem of Marisa, the crisis as a writer, and the problems with her, her husband, but also where they had the, the war of the Balkans. Uh, and as you say, I try always to be from something personal to a collective point of view and collective truth or, or to the historic memory of our country.
0: Is that one of the reasons why you've continued to make your films in Spain? Do you feel it would be harder to do that in America?
1: Well, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. First of all, I was, you know, I did, I did Human Voice with Tilda, just, mm-hmm. just to have an, an, experiment, an experience uh, shooting in English, because I was very frightened. Uh, and I have to say that after working with Tilda, I lost a lot of fear. Now I feel much more prepared to shoot something in English, but it's true. But I, but I, you know, what I, what I was also afraid not only of the using of language, but of changing of culture, because porque yo conozco la cultura española eh, en todos los sentidos porque vivo aquí. O sea, desde cómo son los mercados, eh, cómo son las calles, cómo son los bares, cómo son las conversaciones de las amas de casa. Pero creo que cambiando de cultura habría aspectos cotidianos que perdería y esa es una de las razones por las que hasta ahora no había hecho ninguna película en inglés
2: Yeah and so I mean of course I live in Spain and so I know Spanish culture very well I I I know it all the way from uh what happens on the streets uh what happens in bars the kinds of conversations that people have uh, all the quotidian aspects, that I would be a little bit afraid uh, in another culture of not having sort of that 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 same kind of aspect uh, to the everyday.
0: I think you understand America very well.
1: <laughs> yeah, one of the way, perhaps, I feel, I feel young enough to make one in English.
0: <laughs> I think so, too. I think you, whatever you would do, I'm sure you would be brilliant. And I think Thank that you, you. would... You would prepare so much that you would probably go to so many bars or restaurants in America that you would understand everything everyone was saying.
1: Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm thinking about that.
0: Well, I know you were thinking about doing a number of them and then walked away. And wasn't there a time when even Brokeback Mountain was in
2: the conversation?
1: Tell me, tell me. Que, que,
2: que, no, que alguna me. vez te,
1: te ofrecieron Brokeback Mountain. ¿Cómo? Sí, sí. It is true. And I was very, uh, and I was very sad that I didn't say yes, because I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sad in the sense that I, I loved the Annie Proulx short story, but, and also the, the, I mean, the, the script of Larry McMurtry it was quite good. Uh, but, but anyway, I mean, just knowing before the, 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 the short story, uh, I know, I know myself, and I knew that um, I needed much more uh, sexual sequence that they were in the movie, that they were in the script. Because as Annie Proulx described, the, 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 the sex meeting, I mean, the sex encounter between these, these two guys, it was something completely physical. Yes. It was animal. Yes. no it was not talking about someone that they in love of the other. No, no, they were not in love. They were ellos trataban de darse calor por la noche y de darse compañía como animales, pero pero el sexo era un modo, un modo animal de relacionarse. Entonces, inevitablemente yo hubiera puesto más escenas de sexo que probablemente no me hubieran permitido. Y esa fue la razón por la que dije que no. Eh, aunque, me, aunque Larry McMurtry me decía que yo tendría total libertad, pero yo nunca me lo creí. Y creo que la mejor película posible de Brokeback Mountain es la que hizo la que hizo este hombre.
2: Yeah, even though I was given plenty of assurances that they would let me do whatever I wanted to do, uh, I do think that the right version of Brokeback Mountain is the one that Ang Lee did, because in my case. Well, the way the way that I understood uh, the sex between the characters was not—it was not the fact that they were in love. It was more the fact that they they were cold and they needed to keep each other warm. So it was more like almost like this animalistic kind of lovemaking, right? And and I would have added a lot of sex scenes that they
1: would surely not have let me. No, so, and so I think that Anne Lee made a wonderful work, and I love the movie. And I love the the, the the actors, so I think it was, but in any, in any, it was the the only time that uh, that i received seen something from Hollywood that it was very close to my intention, to the themes and to the subjects that I really wanted uh, to do it.
0: I wanted to talk about design and the uh-huh. and the the way things look in your films. I specifically went back when I read the piece that I wrote about you, I remember that you have a couch in your apartment, maybe you still do, that you had recovered at least three or four times in various films to uh, represent different characters. Do you still have this couch? (laughs) Do you know what I'm
2: talking about?
1: Sí, yo que sí creo que sí. Me lo dicen de todo modo, Carla. Sí, que,
2: que, que tienes un sillón que que has retapizado varias veces para distintas películas para representar a distintos personajes que si sí, todavía tienes este sillón.
1: Sí, 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 todavía lo conservo. Eh, ha aparecido en unas seis películas. Apareció por primera vez en Mujeres al borde de un ataque de nervios y estaba tapizado de blanco. He have
2: used seis about six times. The first en Women on the Verge, and it was white. It was
1: covered white. Eh, en Atame apareció eh, con Victoria Abril eh, eh, tapizado de verde, lo cual pare- era impos- imposible reconocerlo.
2: En Time Me Up, Time Me Down, uh, it appeared uh, with Victoria
1: Abril and it was green. <laughs> eh, en High Heels eh, hice un tapizado de estilo Mondrian. O sea, cada cojín era de un color. Y aparecía también en la casa de Victoria Abril también. And it was also in Victoria house. Y es que es un tipo de diseño italiano que me gustaba mucho y no estaba dispuesto a defenderme de él, además de lo barato que resultaba.
2: Uh, and it was just because it was this Italian style that I really, I really loved, and I didn't want to get rid of it. And it also resulted in, in a cheaper way of, of bringing uh, a couch
1: onto the set. Pero adoro. Dile que adoro el diseño en todas sus manifestaciones. But I love design in every single ma- manifestation. Por ejemplo, a cada ciudad que voy importante, eh, Nueva York, Paris, Londres, Los Ángeles, siempre voy a la tienda del museo. Por ejemplo, siempre voy. A, el, a la tienda del MOMA y siempre compro algún objeto diseñado por un artista que después aparece en alguna película.
2: So, for example, whenever I travel to all the, all the big cities, Paris, New York, um, I, I, go to the, I go to the design stores uh, at the museum uh, and I buy some object that eventually will make it into one of my films.
1: Eh, en, en el Pompidou, por ejemplo, siempre compro algo también. Yeah, like at the Pompidou, I also always buy something there. And in one of these places, I don't remember exactly where, I found, no, no, I, I think it was in one airport. I found the scuba Diver, that it was wonderful, that I bought it. I didn't know what for because <laughs> uh, it was a toy. It was a kid toy, <laughs> but I, I keep it here. Um, in, uh, and uh, years after... I got the idea when I was shooting Time Me Up Time Me Down that it was perfect, the scuba diver, in the, in the tube, in, the, in, in, in La Bañera. Mm-hmm. In, in the tub. In the, in the bathtub. Again, Victoria Abril, cuando el scuba diver choca con la zona genital de ella.
2: Yeah, when the scuba diver, you know, sort of um, crashes into her pubic region.
1: Para <laughs> mí representaba, y para mí representaba ese scuba diver Representaban los dos hombres que ella, que que Victoria acababa de encontrarse. Uno era el director de cine que quiere tirársela y que está en la silla de ruedas, se queda dando vueltas. Y el otro es Antonio, que se la encuentra eh, y también la aborda, pero ella le, le, le rechaza.
2: And and for me, what it represented at that moment, uh, at that juncture in the film, is the fact that there were these two men who wanted to make love to her. Uh, one of them was the um, the director in the wheelchair, and the other one was Antonio Banderas, who had approached her and she had rejected him at, the, at that point in the film.
1: But thinking about design, of course, I, I am very interested in fashion design. I think this is capital in a movie. I mean, the way the actress... The actresses and the actors' dresses are not only for a question of period because you have perhaps you have to be respectful with the period and not to be anachronist. That I don't mind to be anachronist anyway. Um, but uh, for example, think not only in my movies. Think about in the mood of love of Wong Kar Wai.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: the protagonist Maggie Choin, uh, dress twenty five different dresses. With the, the dress that they call, they call Cheon Sam. So, what is in, in English? Cheon dresses Cheon 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 that,
2: Cheon that Maggie Cheung wears. Yes.
1: I mean, I mean, 25. I mean, she never appeared in a new sequence. Uh, we, she never repeat the clothes. And uh, something that could be very, like, artificial or superficial became completely substantial. And it is very important for the movie. Um, no, that is what to give you an example of how, how important it was for me and for Walker White and how you dress uh, the protagonists. And in, for example, in de Janos, in High Heels, uh, Victoria is an anchor woman. I mean, she present the, the news and, the, and she always wore Chanel. I'm talking about the '92. Uh, that it was a great collection of Chanel at that moment, and also wonderful accessories. So I, I, I decided that Victoria uh, wear only Chanel because it was a kind of uniform. I mean, Victoria it was a type of girl, um, that um, that when, I mean, she needs to be always dressed. So she has uh, she wake up and immediately she doesn't have time to think about the, the, the outfit. Uh, so Chanel was perfect for that. I mean, she, she was always elegant. She was always respectable. And, uh, and also, I mean, I insist, the collection, the 92 collection was simply great. In the opposite, the mother, that, that uh, diva uh, performed by Marisa Paredes, she's always in red. First of all, she's condemned to, to, to death because she, she comes, she's an animal, a dying animal. She comes to Madrid eh, after many years because she knows that she is dying. So this is the red, but this is not exactly that. It's all basically it was because I discovered the collection of Armani, that it was great, and it was all in red. Eh, with be hat and all that. So, uh, for me, it was I don't know. I mean, I don't know how the the, the spectator sees uh, these two characters, but for me, as a director, it was very important that I could that I knew how how they were. I mean, visually how visualized both of them, and that helps you really. I mean, at the moment to direct. Um, so, because you know, I mean, the dresses is one of the main ways to. Um, to provoke an emotion in the spectator. And uh, sometimes they are not completely real. Um, I mean, for example, in the rear window the, by Alfred Sisco. Yes. I mean, when, when you see Fred Grace Kelly, uh, I, don't, I don't think you uh, see see get money enough <laughs> to be so beautifully dressed.
0: Uh, or, or, to mean, to dr- with, or to fit her dress, or fit her dress in that little, she brings out that little case and her whole dress fits yes, in that yeah, little. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, come
0: on.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't think she. I mean, she's a journalist, fashion journalist. I don't think she, she can afford it. But who cares? <laughs> 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 who cares? I mean, fortunately, Iscott didn't care, and uh, and she's gorgeous. With these, with these uh, dresses. Uh, so they were not real, but they were wonderful. I and mean, in that type of director, so free as uh, Hiscock, I mean, he could do it. And also, I could do it. I can do it also, even without being as a master like Hiscock.
0: Well, you're a I mean, master you need like me. You-,
1: you need to be secure of what you are doing. I mean, you couldn't be gratuitous. It shouldn't be gratuitous. I mean, you have to know why you put that. But it doesn't mean exactly all the times that it's completely real or realistic.
0: You worked very closely with Gautier.
1: Yes, well, this, this. I mean, this, then we have to talk, of course, about Kika. Kika is the example about art and concept. O sea, I mean, uh, fashion and concept. Because where I when I gave the indication that I gave to Jean Paul, that it was that he catch it immediately because he's so good. I mean, is it, is it, I want Victoria being very glamorous, pero como si acabara de salir de una catástrofe. Por ejemplo, de un accidente múltiple de tráfico.
2: So very glamorous, but at the same time I want her looking as if she just emerged from a catastrophe, like she's just <laughs> coming out of a traffic
1: accident. En because the show that she presented
2: was called The Worst of the Day. And it was my way of sort of criticizing the tabloid,
1: the sort of yellow journalism. Right. Eh, eh, y la la creación de de Jean Paul o sea, todo era los vestidos que saca Victoria son conceptuales eh, y eran puro, puro y en el mejor trash trash fashion
2: and yeah, so all the outfits that she's wearing were conceptual and they were sort of like the best trash fashion you could imagine
1: (risa) solo solo con ver la aparición de Victoria ya sabes de qué iba el programa Just, just to see her Porque el vestido era una ilustración del programa.
2: Yeah, because just to see her, you would, you knew what the show was about, because the, the, the dress itself was a reflection
1: of the show. I mean, Jean Paul utilizaba materiales como el caucho. Eh, eh, en uno, en uno de los modelos, ella aparecía coja de una pierna y la pierna la llevaba escayolada eh, con una escayola de metacrilato que era maravillosa, eh, además de múltiples heridas
2: una un escayola de qué, perdón, Pedro?
1: Escayola de metacrilato, es decir, como cristal transparente.
2: Ah, uh, so yes, for example, he, you know, she was wearing in one of them, ah uh, she she was she appeared as if she was missing a leg. The part that she
1: was wearing was almost made of this kind of
2: crystalline material.
1: Y por ejemplo, había también en otro otro de los modelos llevaba una especie de mantoncillo eh que estaba hecho a base de vendas sanitarias. So at some point, at
2: some point, she's also wearing a kind of coat uh, and it's made out of uh, sanitary uh, napkins.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, so they were very conceptual. They were great to watch, but it was very <laughs> a narrative, conceptually talking. Uh, and also in women, for example, the, 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 the clothes are, are essential because the character, for example, of Julieta Serrano is someone that is nuts, is completely crazy. She broke uh, with her husband uh, in the 60s, I mean, 20 years before, because the movie happens in the 80s, but he refused the passing of time. So her way to refuse that, it was to keep on using the same dress uh-huh. of the 60s uh-huh. than 20 years ago. Uh-huh. And of course, I mean, it was wonderful to see uh, Julieta with uh, dresses like caress, this kind of two... The um, mon- Mondrian uh, dress. Dresses. Uh, but also, I mean, you look at her, but, but the main thing it was that she was completely nuts. She was crazy. Uh, the, and, I, and I say that she was crazy through the fashion, uh, uh, the clothes that she wore.
0: One thing before you go, tell me a purely joyous moment that, you have, that you've spent. Purely joyous. Oh,
1: yes. For me, that moment is when I'm rewriting the script. When I have the draft, the first draft, and every day I woke up just yes, to rewrite, I mean, to make corrections. This is one of the more happiest moments of my life. But 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 it could be that the, the greatest, the more really happy is when something happened. I mean, some actor or actress is very inspired and do something in front of the camera for the first time and is magnificent and is like a miracle. Just to be witness of that, I think that I became director just to be, when that happened, that that I could be witness of the very first wonderful thing that one actor made in front of the camera. And I also, and I also very happy during the period of the, the editing. When you discover that, eh, cuando compruebas que vas pegando los trozos de la película y que todo aquello construye una narración.
2: Cuando estás pintando todos los elementos diferentes del filme y empiezas a crecer que está
1: formando una historia,
2: construyendo una narración.
1: Porque la narración cinematográfica se hace básicamente, sobre todo, en el montaje. Y para mí es un gran juego.
2: Porque la narración cinematográfica realmente acontece en la edición y para mí es un gran juego de juego.
0: Well, I want to tell you that I became a journalist to spend time with you. So <laughs> you, you, spending time with you is the high point of my journalistic career. So thank you very much for being so amazing.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Five Things with Lynn Hirschberg. The podcast is produced by Michael Beckert with sound engineering by Rich Zerbini and Max Solomon at The Hanger Studios and additional audio engineering by Kara Johnson. The theme song was written and performed by Blondin Carr. Many thanks to Feline Newman, Jessica Uzan, Barbara Perro, Amanda Silverman, and Carla Marcantonio. Special thanks to Sarah Moonves, Editor-in-Chief of W Magazine, and, as always, Zora. Don't forget to follow W Magazine on Instagram or wmagazine.com. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch my screen test videos with people like Penelope Cruz, Denzel Washington, and George Clooney. Thanks again.